This week on The Wise Guys. I don't have, you know, we have robots, robots that can perform surgery. You know, I... I wouldn't go I, that I, far, man. I wouldn't go that oh. far. Oh, it's... A, absolutely. If I get into a car accident, the ambulance is going to come out. Robots going to come out of the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, my brother, I guarantee it. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Kevin Unglad, and you are now tuning in to the Wise Guys Podcast, brought to you by Flowered Concrete. Check it out. Yo, yo, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? This is your boy, Kevin Unglad. And this is Mark Pruden. And we are the Wise Guys Podcast, back again for another week. All right, ladies and gents, uh, before we get into it, um, I would just like to say that we are once again talking about my favorite subject uh, and also Mark's favorite subject but for different reasons we're talking about college all right uh Mark bro before we get right into it how are you doing man how's everything going everything's been great Philadelphia has a you know investment opportunity there's a lot of good real estate out there yeah definitely no I agree I have uh my, my uncle um, his his kids um, and my and my cousin. She recently just had a baby. They live out there in Philly. So shout out to Philly for sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. I, I'm always there back and forth from time to time. Um, but ladies and gents, today's episode. All right, today's episode is episode number 19, which is called "Is College Worth It?" All right. Again, episode 19 is "College Worth It." And before we get started, Mark, we have a very special guest coming on the show, right? Absolutely. Definitely. This uh, next guest that we have out there, uh, wise guys, wise gals of the wise guys community, um, is a very, very special friend of mine. So we went to college together. We went to Brooklyn College in New York. Shout out to Brooklyn College. All right, I'm going to let him tell his story, but uh, man, he's a really, really great guy. I uh, really appreciate him, um, but I want him to kind of come on and get himself on and kind of acclimate us to the show, get himself acclimated to the show. Uh, my boy, Jonathan Nicholas. Yo, what's going on, bro? Hey, what's going on, Kev? What's going on, Mark? appreciate uh, y'all having me. Nah, for sure, for sure. Uh, John, if you don't mind, could you please give a 30-second elevated pitch synopsis of who you are, what you do, and all that jazz? Uh, my name is Jonathan Nicholas. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, currently living in the DMV area. I moved out there two years after I got married. Uh, also a father. I have a one-year-old, Jacob Nicholas, who just started walking uh, two days ago. So we're now trying to, like, child-proof the house and make sure you don't walk up the stairs and all that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. <laughs> right. And I'm also currently as a counselor, school counselor for Prince George's uh, um, public schools. Okay. Shout-out to Maryland. Yeah, shout-out to Maryland. Nice. Let's go Ravens. Hey, <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, How's fatherhood changed you, man, before we get started? How's fatherhood changed you as a, as a person? watching another version of you growing up 
Um, and it's just my mom was looking at him today, and she's like, oh, my God, he's doing the same thing to you. Right. Like, he, he, he just gets up and falls, gets up and falls. He falls 100 times, he's going to get up 100 times. Right, right, so, right. He's a fighter already. Excellent. That's really dope. That's really dope. Um, cool, 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 man. Shout out, shout out to Jacob, man. Again, powerful name even coming from the Bible. So the fact that y'all named him that, that says a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Oh, cool. So let's get started, guys, with the show for today. So we have two segments. I'm going to start off with the first one, which is called Relevance of College. All right, guys? Uh, Relevance of College. So, John, I'm going to start off with you, and then, Mark, you can uh, follow up. I'm going to let John go first since he's our guest. Is the question is is college still relevant in 2020? So again, John, the question is is college still relevant in 2020? What are some of your thoughts? College is. With this question, you can go neither. Like, there's no right or wrong answer. I feel like, but for the sake of the argument, I'm going to say college is the way to go. It's not just um, a major or a degree. It's networking. It's building your your. Uh, mental capacity, having uh, deep conversations with your peers, meeting new people, um, learning from professors, people who are in that particular field that you're trying to um, be in, and learning from them, and gaining knowledge from their experience. So with all that being said, I'm going to say college is very relevant in in, um, today's society. Excellent. Mark, how about you? What do you think? Uh, I feel like college is no longer relevant in this in this economy. I say that because college was relevant roughly thirty to forty years ago because the bachelor's degree was not as you know prevalent as it is now. So very very few people had bachelor's degrees. So people that did have them were seen as valuable in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, there's an influx of bachelor's degrees. It's com- the market's completely flooded. Everybody and their mother has a bachelor's degree, so the value has come down significantly. Mm-hmm. You have people with bachelor's degrees and master's degrees working jobs that you can get straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that based off of necessity, based off of uh, survival, you know? They yeah. didn't go to college to work at Macy's. Right. You know, they, they went to college to get a, you know, a, a nice position that paid well. So I'd say it's no longer relevant. Hmm. Interesting. Unless you, unless you want to take on a profession such as law, or yeah, be a medical, medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, and, and even even like the medical field, I mean, those jobs are going to be gone in 20 years because we now have, you know, we have robots, robots that can perform surgery. You know, I, I wouldn't go I, that I, far, man. I wouldn't go that oh. far. You oh, it's a, absolutely. If I get into a car accident, the ambulance, is gonna come out. Robots gonna come out of the engine. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, my brother, I guarantee it. Get out of here, Buck, yo, baby. Robots. My brother. Come out of the engine. As we speak right now, there's robots performing surgery, and and the results are oh, that the God. healing time is the healing time is oh. speeding up, right? The healing time is speeding up. Because the the robot can make a smaller incision and it's much more precise. Hmm. So, so I mean, I we can't say that a doctor's hand is more steady than a robot's hand. 
Secondly, I mean, if you if, if twenty if twenty years ago somebody told you there's going to be cars driving themselves, you would have laughed just like you just laughed at when I said when I said the robots coming out. You know what I mean? You would have been like, no way, the cars driving themselves. I'm going to send you a digital letter. What is that? An email? Okay. <laughs> we have trucks on the road right now, completely controlled by robots, self-driving yeah. trucks. We talked about this. Trucks. Yeah. In, in forty years, there will be no jobs. <laughs> None. <laughs> because a robot can outperform any human. Um, slowly, I mean, I don't want to go too deep, but I can. I, I can. You know, forever. No, no, no. It's fine. No, it's fine. I, I, I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to cut you off. I just wanted to get to allow John to ask his question or say whatever he was going to say. Go ahead, John. I wanted to hear how you was going to respond to him. Uh, no, it's scary. I mean, I, I have no idea how, you know, humans will receive compensation. They might have to do like a universal basic income where everybody receives a check because they are completely useless. Well, look, man, I know we're talking about education. One job that will always be around is a teacher. I don't care if it's a thousand years from now, a teacher will always have a job. It's true. No, no, I'm not laughing because it's, no, I'm not, I'm not laughing because what you're saying. <laughs> right. It's true though. Why, why, why would we need teachers? What are you gonna learn from a robot too? You're not gonna talk to nobody. My brother. We all gonna be robots here. I mean, I mean, I like, I like that you said you're not gonna They're gonna put robots in the classroom to replace teachers. No. I mean, if, if we really look at the technological... John, let him talk, man. Let, him, let, let Mark talk. Let Mark talk. I mean, if we look at the technological advancements like Elon Musk right now, he's developing something called Neuralink, right? So, I, I would, his, his explanation was, you're a smart guy, right? You're a smart guy standing alone, right? I, I, you know, you guys went to college. I agree that you guys are both very intelligent. Mm -hmm. Are you smarter with your cell phone in your hand? The answer is 100%. Why? Because you can Google anything and you have access to all the information in the world. Mm -hmm. He's developing a way to connect the cell phone or some type of computer to the brain directly. Mm -hmm. Now, now you know, the, the brain, the brain um, functions through brain waves, as we say, and brain waves are very similar to radio waves. It's very easy to have your mind control a device. We already have this implemented in hospitals right now. The robotic arms that they implant on people, they function from brain waves coming from the brain to that arm. If we develop a device that connects the internet to the brain through brain waves, we now have geniuses, cyborgs, you know what I mean? So why would I need a teacher if I have access to the internet um, with unlimited information? Because, because that's fiction. That's I don't believe that. The well, I mean, Elon you got to do research, brother, because Elon I don't Musk is, is Elon already. Musk is going to put a chip in my mind, giving me. Why would? Not why would we need that type of power, though? Why would? Why would everybody? Why do we need self-driving cars? Why do we need cell phones? <laughs> That's we, a good we question. We can say, why do we need light? We have the sun, right? Why do we need light in the house? We have the sun. <laughs> you can say why for anything, you know, but can't stop technology. Technology will always develop. You can't stop the development. Just because you're comfortable where you're at, you know, in, in life right now where it's like, I don't need a self-driving car. I don't need, you know, a robot, you know, carrying me, you know, downstairs. I don't need this. I don't need that. It's not about what you need. It's about what you're going to get. Well, 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 it's about what's going to be available to you. 
gentlemen, gentlemen, for the sake of time, I, I have I have a wealth of other questions to get to, and uh, a wealth of other information to pour out and share with you all, and 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 we want to yeah, and we and we want to be respectful of everybody's time, including John. I know John got a lot of stuff going on today, so um, I, I actually, Mark, um, um, we're still not going to lose the thread of what you're saying because I actually wanted to connect this to our next question, and then Mark, I'll let you start off first, and then John, you can respond, and John, allow Mark to get his his thoughts and his ideas out first, all right? Um, so, so no, you're good. You're good, man. No worries. Uh, we love the passion, though. We need. We wish more of our guests had this type of energy. <laughs> this is excellent. <laughs> I know Mark likes it because it puts him to the test. So, the, so Mark, I'm gonna start off with you, and then John again. Um, counter um, and sound off afterwards. The second question to follow up is, um, uh, Mark. Remember, I shared that article with you earlier today about the young lady who wanted to go to NYU so bad, and she literally was on the brinks of taking out the loan and talking to her parents about it, and her parents kind of like, kind of like, you know. Uh, took that thought out of her mind to the point where she was miserable. Um, so the question I wanted to ask you all is, do we allow college to hone and shape our identities as people? So again, the question is, uh, do we allow college to hone in and shape our identities as people? For example, would I be any different as Kevin Unglad had I, you know, not went to Brooklyn College and I would have went to Harvard or Howard? Like, so do we allow these colleges to hone and shape our identities as people? And our worth, and our, and as well as you know our value and what we're able to do. Mark, start off. Yeah, definitely, bro. I, I can agree with that because you know we talked on talked on that earlier today, where you know people are really paying for the brand and not paying for the, the education level. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just almost as if when you, you if you pull up in a Honda, people are gonna say, "Oh, nice car," but if you pull up in a Benz, they're gonna say, "Wow." And so <laughs> it's almost the same effect. Yeah. It's the same effect. You know, if I went to, you know, a community college or I went to a, you know, a state college opposed to going to, you know, Harvard or Yale or something like that, people are impressed by the name. They're not mm-hmm. impressed by the accomplishments. You know, they're not impressed by what you did at the school. They're impressed that you went, and that's all you need. So, I mean, you know, just um, America's all about brand. It's all about consumerism. So people want the biggest brand. They want the one that with the most prestige. Mm-hmm. And it's it's never going to be the cheapest one. It's always going to be the most expensive. So, people do they they love they love that. They put the bumper sticker on the back of their car. I went to Penn State. I went to you know this school or that school. And they just want to show it because they didn't get any value, so they have to use the name as value. It's interesting. It's interesting that you say that. Before John goes on, it's interesting that you say that because within the article itself, the girl prior to her sitting down with her parents and you know making that sound financial decision about whether it was in her budget or not, you know, in terms of being able to afford NYU, the first thing she did, Mark, was went out and got a bumper sticker to put on her car that said NYU. Right. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. That's really, really crazy. Uh, John, sound off. We'd love to get your thoughts. Is college, uh, uh, do, do we allow college to hone and shape our identities as people, depending on what kind of college it is? I say yes, but I agree with everything Mark said. Like, so, for me, I'm, I'm in the DMV area. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who work in Prince George County went to Howard. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you can imagine that. Yeah. So anytime I'm in a meeting, right, and some, the presenter says, I'm from Howard University, everybody goes crazy. Wow. Everybody goes crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's a party real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, <laughs> mean, like, y'all not better than me because I went to Brooklyn College and I'm from New York. So, you know, it's all superficial. It mm. really, it really doesn't matter. And also, if 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 
if you're in a, a, a job where somebody can have an associate degree and somebody has a master's degree, you guys are still working in the same place, doing the same thing, communicating right. with each other, working with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, to have you have one common goal. Yeah. So with that being said, does it really matter? And bringing it to another level, I remember we had this conversation at working college. Mm-hmm. Right, working college is a public school. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I went to public school um, for high school. Mm-hmm. Right. This girl sitting right next to me in Brooklyn College went to Catholic school, twenty thousand dollars a year. Wow. Right. But high school got her high school diploma, or whatever. But we sitting next to each other in the same class in Brooklyn College, paying the same tuition. Wow. So. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. It, on another level, in the college level, saying the same thing, that go, it kind of goes back to your, the first question, um, you know, when is college still relevant? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all it's all tied and tied into each other. And like mm-hmm. you said, it is a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, if you went to, but if you, if you do have that Harvard um, brand on your resume, you're guaranteed a job, not just in America, but probably anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So I can't completely shut it down. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if I have a Howard, you know, like I, I just, you know, you heard what I just said about Howard. Yeah. But if you have that Howard brand, still, you know what I'm saying, you're going to find a job. Yeah. So I'm not going to completely throw the baby out with the bad water. I hear that. I hear that. You know, it's interesting because, um, quick story before we move on to our next segment. Um, I remember when I, my first semester in college, I was going to LIU, uh, post, post LIU out in Long Island in Brookville. Shout out to post. Um, but unfortunately, I only did one semester there my, my freshman year back in 2009 because, you know, it was just too much money. Mind you, I didn't get, uh, you know, I didn't take out a loan. You know, I got some financial aid assistance in terms of Pell and TAP, but, you know, my mom was paying you know tuition for me you know out of pocket and i remember like halfway through the first semester she was like nah no 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 we can't do this you got to get out of here because this is too much money for me by the time you're done in your four years i'm going to be completely broke and you know not knowing anything in regards to finances and college and money and how how you know and how all that worked i was like okay mom not a problem so you know i didn't fuss i didn't fight with her i was sad but you know i had to do what was best for for her and her finances so i decided to uh you know transfer for the following semester the spring semester to uh to Queensboro, and uh, I remember, man, I remember the, I remember it vividly like it was yesterday. Taking, you know, getting on that Q30 bus, you know, heading to Queensboro, January of 2010, and I saw some people I went to Martin Van Buren High School with. Um, shout out to Martin Van Buren, um, and they were on the bus, and I was like, oh man, I forgot these people were going to Queensboro. So I'm walking to the back of the bus, and they're like, yo, Kev, yo, what up, bro? What's going on? And I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? They're like, yo, where you headed, yo? I'm like, I'm going to school. They're like, wait, don't you go to LIU in, uh, in, 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 you know, in Long Island? I'm like, nah, I transferred. Um, I'm going to Queensboro. They're like, yo, we go there. They're like, yo, it's a good school, yo. You're going to love it, all this other stuff. And I swear to you both, I wanted to just break down and cry. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I did not want to. And, again, it's, it's, it, and it's not really a, 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 an indictment versus the school or, like, some kind of vendetta I had against the school. It was more so, like, I remember these guys. Like, no offense to them. They're cool, but... These were some of the most 
you know, you know, hypocritical, clumsy clowns you could possibly ever going to school with at Martin Van Buren who only cared about basketball, didn't really do that well with with their grades. They were like subpar average students. I was like, oh boy, here it goes. High school part two. Well, uh, time to do it. But man, I was so embarrassed. And I remember that whole entire week riding the bus just feeling that way. So the reason why I say that is because now looking back at it, me being 28 as opposed to me being 18, you know, 10, 11 years ago. Now when I look back at it, I'm like, wow, like, at the end of the day, whether I would have gone to post-university and stayed there my whole four years or not, I probably would still be in the same predicament and same uh, place where I'm at now, except that I would probably have more, you know, student loan debt. You know what I'm saying? So looking back at it as, a, as, a, as you know, 10 years later as a wise older man, I'm like, wow, like, you know, I was crying about it before. But uh, looking back, I'm like, essentially, I'm like, what were you crying about? Like, you went to school, you know, you still got a degree, whatever, whatnot, whether that value was deemed better or not. And you still push through. You know, I think America does uh, this thing where it truly conveys that you must go to a brand. You have to. If you don't achieve by going to a brand school, you're nothing, you know. So um, I think it. I think that caters back to both of your points. Um, but yeah, so, you know, um, I'm still trying to keep this pace going, you know, due to the time constraints. So we're moving towards our second, um, our second topic of the day and our second segment of the day, right? Which is life after college. Was it worth it? Again, life after college. Was it worth it? Um, John, you there, bro? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna start off with you, if you don't mind, uh, Mark. Um, please be sure to listen to this quote too. All right. So I'm, uh, I pulled a couple of quotes from Fast Company. Uh, I want you guys to kind of pitch in on this, John. I'm gonna start off with you. But check this out, guys. So Fast Company uh, in an article says, from childhood, right? From childhood, uh, black girls and boys are told by their parents that they have to work twice as hard and be twice as good in order to get the same opportunities as their white peers. Once they enter the real world, they learn that twice as good isn't okay, that they really have to be extraordinary. And then in a 2014 report from the Center of Economic and Policy Research, it found that 55.9% of employed black recent college graduates were working in an occupation that did not require a four-year college degree, compared with 45% of all recent college graduates. Black graduates are also more likely to be underemployed than all graduates across all age levels and across many fields. So, John, um, I read those quotes to kind of, uh, you know, bring in the second topic. Life after college, was it worth it? Is it worth it for African Americans in this country? Oh, man. You see, this question, I'm, I know what I'm going to do. All right. So we as black people, we've always, every, education is a, wasn't always given to us. Mm-hmm. So that being said, in 2019, it's a privilege Mm-hmm. For any African American to come to school, to go to university. Mm-hmm. So, with, so with that being said, it's very important for mm-hmm. uh, us to go to school. So, life after college is worth it. For me personally, I brought this before. Mark might disagree with me, but my profession <laughs> I will never die is a teacher. Mm-hmm. Right now, 2019, 2020, uh, we're not going to be replaced by robots. So, with that being said, I will always have a job in education. When I left New York to come to the DMV, I wasn't really worried about finding a job because I knew as a black man in education, I'm, I'm, I'm rare. There's not too many of us uh, in education. Only 3%. So I knew I was going to find a job. 
Three percent nationwide. Three percent nationwide across the country. Oh, wow. Black men. Yep. Well, okay, so with that being said, I knew I was going to be able to find a job. Right. So life at the college, I guess I'm answering this for Kev too now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Yeah. I was gar- I, it took me it took me about four weeks to find a job, which is pretty much the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, now now on the other side, there are loans and all that, but I'm not going to get into that. My answer is life after college is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Mark. Sound off. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think life after college is great. But it all depends. You know, it, all, it really depends. What is the ROI on your degree? You, no one knows. Why? Because, you know, you just said you, you're guaranteed a job, you know, because you're a teacher. But once you get a teacher's salary without a degree. So what is the ROI on that degree? It must be zero. If I can go get, if I can get a job that's the same salary, there is no return on investment on that degree. Then what is, where, what's the difference maker? There is none. You know, we, we just, we just fed into this notion that you must get a degree. We did that. Now what? Now we have a bunch of debt. Now, actually, if we factor in the debt and the degree, there is no ROI. The ROI is actually negative on a degree. For you know, let's let's just say for the teaching realm. But I mean, like we said, doctor, lawyer, engineer. You know, those are those are ROI positive degrees. You know, one would say. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of majors out there that are completely scamming people. Mm-hmm. There is no job market for that major, and people are taking this major because they, I guess, they don't know where else to turn, or they they believe that's their passion, and they end up not getting anything out of it. What they got was. No, no, see, with that being said, I feel like education should have, we've been teaching the same curriculum since nearly, like, 1900. With that being said, some of these things got to go. They need to start teaching credit building, how to, if I want to buy a house, even, oh, no, even no, how no. to, even, yeah, for real. How, what, Chris don't know what to do with credit cards and finances and all that. You don't think that should be taught? Uh, well, it should be taught, but it will not be because that will be detrimental to the economy. I mean... We, oh, we have this, okay. Yeah, we we have it, this it, thinking. Mm-hmm, we have this thinking well, where where the school is and the government is there to help and teach us for us to be great and to be rich. They have no vested interest in us being rich. They have a vested interest in us being customers. So <laughs> why why should I teach these kids about credit when they can grow up, treat their credit terribly, overspend, buy things they don't need? And further this economy, you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. school school was implemented, you know, to create employees or essentially slaves. You know, you're you're creating a bunch of people to work for you. Mm-hmm. That's why we have a lot of these schools that are sponsored by great entrepreneurs. Like, you have you have colleges sponsored by you know, I I I don't really have a good amount of names, but. They they donated to these schools and they created these colleges so that they can have a pool of employees. Mm. Now, mm. we've we've got the notion that a job is good and there's nothing wrong with a job, but to work for someone for forty years, be a boss. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying to to work for someone for everybody forty years. Everybody can't be bosses, a, man. Everybody can't be. There's, there's only one seat at the head of the table. It's not a hundred, you know. Everybody that's, is built to be a boss. Some people are literally built to be excuse, employees. But and no, what's wrong? There's a person 
walking up in clean floors every day. And is a happy person. They not right, money isn't everything. Money isn't everything. Yeah, yep. Exactly, exactly. And, yeah, so with that being said, so what? So what? Yeah. G- gentlemen, gentlemen. So what if so what? To say so what to wealth building, that's that's a bit, you know, that's not right. That's kind of selfish. I mean, you want to have something to pass down to your kids and their kids and their kids. To say, so what, I don't care about wealth. I don't care about building anything. I'm just going to do what I do to feed myself. That's, that's like a selfish mentality because we got to look out for the next generation. Don't you, don't you agree? Of course. I agree. With, but, but that can still happen. How? That can, you can be <laughs> Listen, 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 listen. Moderator's talking here. Moderator. All right, listen. No, this is great. I love it. I love it. This is the first time we've had this dynamic on the show. John, you are you are a very, very, very excellent guest, man. Um, uh, excellent. Look, look. I, I want to throw this in there. I, I want to throw this in there because I'm because I'm trying to be respectful of everyone's time, and you know I know that our time is limited. Um, so I wasn't trying to be rude or disrespectful, but I wanted to throw this in there. Um, from the same article. And uh, Jonathan, I'll let, I'll let you uh, sound off first, and Mark, you can respond. Uh, from the same article, uh, a lady by the name of Morgan Jenkins, all right? Um, Morgan Jenkins, an African-American woman, all right, a black lady. She was an Ivy League grad and became a journalist, but she recently shared her job search struggles on a Twitter thread. She recently tweeted, gentlemen, after I graduated college, that year was probably the worst year of my life. I felt like giving up writing every single day. I couldn't have quote-unquote potential or be quote-unquote good. Good is for the white women. I had to be, excuse my language, fucking extraordinary, and it almost destroyed me. I never want another person of color to go through what I went through. I thought my light was dimming all the time. I felt worthless in so many ways. Uh, gentlemen, I'm starting with John. Why do you think she feels that way? What 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 would present a, a black African woman as an Ivy League graduate to feel that way in in comparison to the status of white women in her same position? What field? What field did you say she was in? Uh, journalist, journalism. She's a journalist. Yeah. Wow. Well, honestly, every if you if you ask the next person um, the same question, you're gonna get a different answer. For yeah. Her, it's, it's very unfortunate that she goes through that, but you shouldn't 
Morgan Jenkins. Though are they real? Are, are are they really though? I don't know. Well, they, well, most of them are, are former athletes. True. That's true too. They are for they're all former NBA players. Right. From from what I know, but I don't I don't want to speak too much on that because I don't you know somebody I don't have the 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 exact stats. Right, right, right. One person um difficulty ever let you deter you from your 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 goal, your path, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, ladies and gents, uh, if you actually want more information on that, uh, please refer back to our, our one of our previous episodes, episode 17, More Than an Athlete, which actually features a very good friend of uh, me and Jonathan, John, John McLeod, or as we used to call him on the basketball court, Lil John. Uh, he works at ESPN, so he's definitely a, a, you know, a more uh, person who's, who's in it, you know, who sees it every day. So definitely please refer back to that episode if you haven't. Um, but Mark, uh, what are your thoughts? Thoughts on uh, uh, Ms. Jenkins and, and, and her and her uh, time of adversity? Yeah, I definitely have to agree. You know, I have to agree with the previous statement because, I mean, that's life. I mean, it's the journey to success is going to be rough. You have to just push through it, yeah. persevere. You know, it's not going to come easy. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like we're kind of raised in a way where we think that you know, once we get the degree, it's just going to be handed to us. Like, okay, we got it. Now I'm just going to walk right into a job. So yeah. she she really had the wrong mindset with it, and it could have been her her family that 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 you know kind of gave her that idea because we all got that. Go to college, get a job. They they always say go to college, get a job, as if that's the easiest part. Mm-hmm. But but that's actually the hardest part. You have to you have to show your worth. You have to show your value. I mean, you know, we brought up Stephen A. Smith, but. You know, he brings personality with it. Maybe she, you know, I don't, I don't know her. I don't know her, but you know, maybe that wasn't the deal for her. I don't know. Right. There's a lot of things that go into it. Um, yeah, for sure, that doesn't impair yeah. the resume. Sometimes people who actually major in their degrees don't go with what their degree is. Yeah. They, that could, you know, you know, awakening right there. Maybe journalism necessarily isn't for me. I don't have whatever the personality, the whatever, blah blah blah. So, you know. Yeah, not for sure. That sounds real good. Um, All right, gentlemen, so we're moving uh, forward. We're going to get to our final segment, Word to the Wise, in a second. Uh, But I have uh, another 
question and a couple of quotes to share with you. Um, so th these uh, stats actually come from The Atlantic, okay? So follow me closely. Uh, Mark, I'm going to have you sound off first for this one. In 2013, the share of all college-educated Asian Americans who were unemployed roughly equaled the proportion of whites, right? So 3.6%. All Hispanic college graduates faced a 5% unemployment rate more than whites but a little bit less than African Americans, thus showing that African Americans were at the bottom of the barrel in terms of unemployment, uh, or at least at the top of uh, in terms of unemployment. Excuse me. Uh, and so, in her twenty in her twenty thirteen book, The American Non Dilemma: Racial Inequality Without Racism, uh, Nancy. Uh, uh, Nancy DiTomaso, a professor at Rutgers University, concluded that racial inequality isn't rooted solely in racist ideas or conscious efforts to exclude some groups from distinct opportunities. Instead, she argued that informal networks, here we go, the, the key word here is informal, right? Informal networks allow whites who still hold most of the decision-making positions in the private economy to hoard and distribute advantage among their family and friends who tend to be mostly white. All right. So with that being said, I want to connect all of this information to this question, gentlemen, our final question for the day. Are African-Americans discriminated against when applying and interviewing for jobs, especially as first time, uh, sorry, especially as first time graduates in the job market? Again, are African-Americans discriminated against intentionally when applying and interviewing for jobs, especially as first time graduates in the job market? Mark. I'm going to have to say no. And I'll say that because, like like you just said, even before you, you you finished your statement, I was thinking we don't have the network, we don't have the just the structure, like the family structure in place to where we know people in these high positions to help us get these jobs. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's like we like we say it's it's all in who you know. Yeah. And if if you know someone in a high position, they're gonna guarantee or they're gonna do their best to get you that job and us as black people don't have many of those connections yeah i don't i'm not gonna blame that on any one thing um but let's just say some people don't have to network as hard as we do because mm -hmm. daddy knows someone yeah you know we i mean i'm not gonna use that as an excuse but you know we we have to try a lot harder when it comes to networking and showing our worth to people so that we make these friends and then connections to get these these higher jobs, so it's it's a tough one. It really is because it's it's just that we have to we have to work a little harder, you know, to, to build that network that we weren't born into. Yeah. So that that's pretty much yeah. That's that's what I have to say on that one. John. Any thoughts? Hey, John, you there? Any thoughts on that? Um, I agree with him. Um, it's nepotism. It's, it's who you know, not what you do. Mm. Like, for, for all, you know, but, yeah, I agree with him. Um, but at the same time, I can't answer that question as an African-American, because how would I know if I'm being shut out? Because I just received a no. Mm. You know that question, that question. Are y'all shutting us out? Straight up. That's, that's a great I perspective. Would agree, I would agree with Mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I said that's a great perspective. That's a great lens. We don't we don't hold those the the the, the, the gate the gates. You know. How would we really know? How would we really know? Yeah. That's very and true. Even if they hired the white guy over us, all they gonna say is he had the credentials. Mm -hmm. You know, 
he had the credentials. You, there's something on your resume that we need like. That's they're gonna justify it legally. Yeah. And not yeah. blame it on race because it's 2020. Right. Right. You know we Very can't true. say we don't hire we don't hire blacks. We can't say that anymore. Right. You know you know what's so just gonna say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm listening. No, I was just gonna say you know what's interesting because like. I remember when I was, you know, after I graduated from Brooklyn College in in January of 2014, I remember, you know, looking like, you know, I mean, eventually I started working at Queensboro as a, you know, as a, a college assistant. But I remember I wanted to break into my field, which was publishing. And for years I was trying to get into publishing and I just couldn't understand as to why I wasn't being hired. I was like, man, is, you know, is this a discrimination against me because of my race? Like, are, are there not black people who work in publishing? Um, even though I knew that there were, it just wasn't a really large number. And then so from there, I started applying to all different types of media conglomerates like Complex Media and NBC and, you know, uh, you know ESPN, all of these different places. Because I was like, man, well, if I can't work as a, you know, in publishing as an editorial assistant, maybe I can get a job as a production assistant or something of that sort and it just wasn't happening so it was definitely uh it was definitely something for me that i found to be very uh uh stressful but um i who who am i to say that right whether it's mark whether it's john whether it's myself who are we to say oh like you know you know we know exactly as to why we're not getting these jobs you know so uh so wise community out there if you have any questions or you'd like to like you know uh refute have a refuting in terms of what we just said please be sure to let us know and um you know, let us know what your thoughts and what your stories is. I think uh, this was uh, really, really important. Um, and last but not least, we're going to close out the show in, in our final four or five minutes here with John. We're going to close out with our final segment called Word to the Wise. So, John, I already explained it to you. I already, know, I already let you know how Word to the Wise goes. You know, pick a word and you expound upon it in regards to our topic. And, again, our episode today was called Is College Worth It? Uh, Mark, do you want to start off with Word to the Wise for today? Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. <laughs> think I'll go with I'll just say push you know because there's always going to be you know obstacles in front of you and you just have to you have to push forward you have to really you have to want it that badly Mm -hmm. because like you said Kev you know we have to work that much harder than others Mm -hmm. and if we know that we have to be intentional and we really have to give it 150 percent yeah. Because, you know, we don't have these we don't have the, the networking connections as other people. We don't have the you know, just the resources. So we really have to just 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 run, man. Just just put everything all of your being into it, you know, just to establish something in your family and build some wealth. Yeah. You really you really have to you have to almost you know, I, I like to say like I, I, I put my life I sacrificed my life to build wealth for my family. So, I mean, you really have to have that mentality if you want to build something for your family. You have to really go all in for it. So you can't give up. Yeah. You can't take the the the, uh, the rejection and just just completely give it up. You have to just keep pushing. Right. So yeah, I'll use that one. Um, for sure. And uh, my word uh, to the wise today is strategize. Uh, I'm going to be short and sweet because I want John to close it out, but strategize. Uh, be sure that if college is in your future, make sure you know as to why you're going to college. Are you going to become a doctor? Are you going to become a lawyer? Is there a sector within the uh, you know within the United States of America that needs you and you know that employment uh, needs for employment is high and you can actually fit that criteria? Um, and also purpose, too. I think purpose uh, aligns within a lot. You know, So make sure you plan. Make sure by the time you're 16, 17, you start researching colleges and researching 
researching which major is for you and what you, what you know uh, should be for you, um, and just strategize. Uh, and make sure, and when I say strategize, I don't mean following through to get to college. I mean in college as well. Make sure that you're connected to people. Make sure you're meeting people. Make sure you're not just studying all night and not getting a chance to know anyone, you know, because you never know, you know, who those game changers and game shakers, uh, who they will become later in the world um, if you don't, you know, reach out and connect. Because by the time you all graduate, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, that person that was uh, a fellow undergrad with you can just uh, as well be a connection that can help you start your next company or help you start, you know, your next nonprofit or help you start the next scholarship or foundation or something of the sort. So strategize would be my word. And John, what's your word to the wise today to close out? I got a big word for y'all. What's up? The word, I, I kind of said it before, the word is nepotism. Mm. The practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially mm. by giving them jobs. Mm. The quote that goes along with it is, who you know, not what you do. So with that being said, if you're sitting in your basement all day trying to get a job, you're not going to find one because nobody knows you. <laughs> mm. You got to network, you got to talk to somebody, and you're going to need help. Somebody got to reach their arm out and pull you up. Yeah. If you ask anybody in any high position, somebody has to reach down and, and pull them up. Mm-hmm. So if you're just sitting around, twiddling your thumbs, you got to talk <laughs> to people. Somebody has to see something in you um, and pull you up because you can't do it on your own. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, John, uh, John, yo, Jonathan, man, we really appreciate you for coming on to the show today, man. Seriously, it was really, really fun. Nah, thank you for having me, man. Nah, man, for sure. It was definitely, definitely a wild ride. But I, I enjoyed it, man, the back and forth. It was really good between you two. Um, I kind of I, I kind of felt as if I was watching Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless go at it in real time. <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, 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 John, John, um, before we let you go, could you please, could you please um, let the Wise community know out there where they could find you online through social media or anywhere else so they could, you know, ask you a question and kind of get to know you. My Instagram is jnice913, j-a-y-n-y-c-e, 913, nice with a y. I'm also a musician. Uh, you're gonna see some of me, some of my videos playing piano. Ah. Keep on playing. Holler at me. For sure, for yeah. sure, for sure. And my favorite vid, man, was when you had little Jacob there, and you was and you was playing for him, man, on 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 the gram yeah. a while back, man. Yeah. So so cute. Such a that's beautiful. Such a precious, precious moment. Uh, so, ladies and gents, that's our show for today. Okay, please be sure to follow the, the Wise Guys podcast online if you haven't been following already. All right, on Instagram we're Wise Guys NYC. On Twitter, Wise Guys NYC as well. On Facebook, we're the Wise Guys NYC. All right, and we're currently streaming on all available streaming platforms: Apple, all right, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, wherever I, uh, wherever podcast, excuse me, can be found. All right. So as we said at the top of the show, all right. This is your boy Kevin Unglad, and this is Mark Pruden, and we are joined by our very special guest, Jonathan Nicholas, <laughs> and we are the Wise Guys Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. We'll see you all next week. Stay wise. Do it for Haiti. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.